Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Married People Podcast. As always, I'm your host, CJ, and this week we're excited to be focusing on a subject that we've actually mentioned quite a few times here on the podcast already, the Enneagram. Now, for those of you who haven't been swept up by the Enneagram craze yet, it's sort of like a personality test, but it actually goes deeper than that and kind of reveals the motivations behind our actions and thoughts. Now, to help us with this topic, we've brought in a couple who knows the Enneagram very well. Uh, They are Beth and Jeff McCord. Now, Beth is the creator of Your Enneagram Coach, which helps introduce people to the Enneagram and connect them with a personal Enneagram coach. And her husband, Jeff, is the executive pastor at South Point Community Church in Nashville. Beth and Jeff have been married for over 20 years and have two adult children. So whether you're a one on the Enneagram like me and like Afton, believe it or not, we're both the same number, or whether you're a three like Ted, or whether you're a nine or any of the other numbers, or have no idea what any of these numbers even mean, I promise you this is going to be a helpful conversation all about how the Enneagram can help your marriage. Let's get into it. Beth and Jeff, thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited. You know, when I started, uh, we were looking for this podcast because, you know, everybody's into the Enneagram. Yes. Now, or at least mm-hmm. in our world, they're into the Enneagram. Are you guys finding that it's, it feels a little addictive? Oh, it's like a black hole. Is it a black hole? But it's a fun black hole. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And so we, it, you know, at our company that we work at uh, and our small group, mm-hmm. it just feels like that there's all this great language. So, uh, Tell, tell listeners a little bit about you guys, how you got into the Enneagram, what you both do. I know you guys are both very, very busy and have different things, uh, do some things that are separate from each other, but also together. Yeah. So Beth, let's start with you. Yeah. So obviously I'm Beth McCord and Jeff is here with me. We've been married almost 24 years this month. We'll this be 24. Month, yeah. Right. And we have two kids in college, but we started learning about the Enneagram in the early 2000s when I kind of felt like I wanted to pull my hair out. You know, the stage of life when you have little kids and you're just, you're trying to live, you know, like Christ, and yet you find your internal world just derailing all the time. And I just couldn't understand why. Like, I really wanted to be at my healthiest, but was struggling. Well, that's when someone showed us the Enneagram and it helped me to understand why I veer off course, but also what my healthiest destination was from my personality type. And then at the time, Jeff was in seminary, so we just always felt like it was very important that whatever we did or whatever tool we u- utilized, that it was paired with the gospel. So since then, we have just do- been doing a lot of work putting the Enneagram with the gospel. But basically, the Enneagram is going to tell you why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. So it can get kind of creepy pretty quick because it's like, how did someone know this? They, they know my heart. They know yeah. my thoughts. This is like my internal right. diary that I never wrote. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to say it. So for you guys, how would for people that are listening going, wait, I don't even really know what the Enneagram is. Can you give them a little bit of background on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the Enneagram has been around the the symbol. If people saw it, there's a, looks like a nine pointed star and each of the points represent a personality type, a basic personality type. And the symbol has been around for thousands of years, Mm -hmm. used in lots of different sectors, but it's become more of a personality modernized with psychology since about the 70s in the United States. And so then what we decided to do is just to really focus in on how does this tool help illuminate our heart condition? Mm. And really, that's what the Lord is wants us to do, right? Like sure. not just the outward manifestations, but our heart. And that's what this tool is doing. So the, the thing that I want people to realize is the tool, the Enneagram is just a tool. It's a great tool, mm. but the gospel is what transforms us. Mm. Um, this is just showing you 
are you healthy? Are you kind of in autopilot mode or are you really struggling? And But the cool thing about the gospel is that it, we're always safe and secure in our identity in mm-hmm. Christ. But obviously here on earth, we have times where we're not doing well. And so if we can kind of catch ourselves before we get to those places, wouldn't that be awesome? So the Enneagram, we talk about being kind of like a rumble strip on the highway where, you know, like I'm sure a lot of moms are listening to this and they're swatting at the kids in the back seat, And then all of a sudden you're veering off and it's like (laughs) (laughs) that rumble strip is there to like wake you up. Like, Mm. okay, wait, uh oh, I better like get back on path. So we want the Enneagram to be that, this wake up call. Like, Hey, you're kind of going in that pattern. That's if you keep going, it's not the best for you or your relationships, but what is the best path? And that also, it will show that to you, but we really obviously want to couple that with the truth of the Bible and what the Bible says. I think that's a special thing that Beth has done is that the Enneagram, although can be used as a great self-awareness tool, uh, it doesn't resolve anything. And so what we've been able to... Because Jeff, tell uh, listeners really quickly before we go any further, tell us what you what you do. Yeah, so I'm an executive pastor. I've um, been uh, pastoring in the local church since uh, 2002, 2003. And so we, when we started using it together as a couple, we primarily started using it within the local church, sitting at our dining room table. So as I was bringing the theological content, Beth was bringing the Enneagram content. And so we would bring the insight and then apply the gospel to see people's hearts change and that change their relationships. And so what your Enneagram coach has looked like, uh, my beautiful bride is a type nine who had a tendency to kind of hide but she really was the genius behind uh, the Enneagram and far surpassed my understanding of it. I mean, it... Well, but I couldn't have brought the theological depth without his four-year degree <laughs> from a seminary. And so we've been partnering by sitting with dozens and dozens of couples sharing the insights of the Enneagram as it relates to how the gospel's functioning in their marriages. I love that. So, Beth, you've been working with the Enneagram for a while now. Yeah. And then, so I was all excited uh, to get to interview you. And then, so I signed up for a newsletter on your website. Yeah. And when I did, I instantly got this email back that says, hey, now we're doing things on marriage. And I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go, because it's so, so fascinating. And, you know, I've Googled a little bit about that. I am a three Mm -hmm. uh, with two wing, and my wife is a one, 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 and a one. (laughs) Uh, And so there's a few little details about it we thought were fascinating, but when I heard you guys are really going to dive deep, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, how people can do that as well. But I'm so excited about this, because I think what it did for us was... When you see that there's different type, all of a sudden there's not a good and a bad. Yes. That's right. Right? Because right? we, we see a way to do something and our spouse is not doing that way and we feel like either we're wrong or they're wrong. Yes. Yep. And so it just, I don't know, I just felt so healthier even when you, in any environment yeah. with your kids or at work, you go, wow, we are wired so differently. Isn't that fascinating? Yes. yes. Uh, but it's such a powerful tool. Yeah. That's right. And if you think about that we each are wearing a different colored like sunglasses. So you're wearing green, I'm purple. Uh, Jeff is orange, let's just say. We're fundamentally seeing the world from different perspectives. And that helps us to have that grace and that empathy and compassion, even if we are frustrated. Like just because we understand someone sees it differently doesn't mean that it takes away the frustration, right? Like we still, I want you to do it my way, but at least we can extend an understanding or ask clarifying questions and even give clarifying statements like, hey, I just need you to know that 
I'm struggling because I know that this is what's going on in my heart. Or I can see him struggling like, hey, I see that you're struggling. Is it this, this, and this? Or can you clarify for me? So Mm -hmm. it just brings in this new language and insight, clarity, so that we don't, what what we call is a suicide. We don't commit a suicide where we assume incorrectly upon mm-hmm. one another. You know, we do it all the time. We just suicide. Don't, right. We don't realize we're doing it. Yes. Right. And so now I can think, okay, wait, I, let's say I get like activated inside. Like all of a sudden I'm frustrated at Jeff or mm-hmm. irritated. Well, that's a rumble strip. Like, why am I irritated? Why am I so frustrated? Like mm-hmm. what's going on at the core and is this really something about him or is it an interpretation that I have? So we can start the conversation there without it being an attack. It can just be curious. Mm-hmm. And then great. we can move forward from there. I don't want people to miss that. We can start it not as an attack, but being curious. Yeah. And is, that's so powerful. So give me an example about you guys. How do your, yeah. how do your types interact? And oh. What have you learned? Oh, boy. You mean like what, how they're interacting today in the past? Uh, <laughs> the like five minutes. Right now? <laughs> Let's go, Let's go 30,000 feet <laughs> yes. and then nosedive till today. Um, well, let's talk about my love for ice. Yes. I love ice. I love yes. crushed ice. I love ice and water, ice and cold so drinks. We have a great ice story. So we do. The, the type nine, which is what I am, the thought process for the nine is that we don't matter. Our voice doesn't matter. Our presence doesn't matter. That's just kind of this common theme inside, the hard wiring of the nine. And so what happens... Well, for me, I'm a type six... And I have, if you could think of like the English House of Commons and everybody's talking at the same time, that's always going on in my head. Mm-hmm. Like there is a roaring committee of thoughts where I am multitasking on a wide variety of things. Yeah. And so for the nine who feels like their presence or voice doesn't matter, when I do talk, let's say if we're having a conversation, I want, I want his undivided attention because any slight indication that like if he looks at his phone or something instantly what happens in my mind as a nine is see my voice doesn't matter see my presence doesn't matter that's that's just what's going to come up Um, now if i'm doing well and i'm healthy i can navigate around that and remind myself of what's true so what happened one day is my I often get a little impatient with her pace. Oh yeah, nines and meandering, meandering storytelling. <laughs> we do. And Meander. so, I, as you were telling a story, I decided I was going to take a little break while listening to while you listening. at the same time. Because we can talk for a while, right? Yes. And and that's probably because nines know themselves the least and what they like and desire. So we talk until we find what it is we're wanting to talk about. <laughs> or <laughs> so it takes some time. Anyway, kind of like this story. Yes. Okay, so. Anyway, Jeff got up to go get some water, which was just right behind me. So at first it kind of, you know, was a little sting, but, you know, okay, whatever. I'll just keep talking. And he, we, we've done this dance before. We call, we call these interactions dances. Done this dance before. So he goes and he has a 32-ounce Yeti mug or glass. Stainless steel. Whatever you want to call it. It was loud. And so the refrigerator's he, crushing ice. So into I'm like in Yeti. the middle. Into a Yeti, yes. I'm still in the middle of my conversation. And I'm still listening to her. I'm 100% attuned to her. But I'm like, how can you be listening to me when it's so loud? <laughs> so he is for about 30 seconds, literally 30 seconds getting his ice water. That's a lot of ice. I'm not sure it was 30 seconds, but sure, go ahead, 30 we'll, seconds. We'll, we'll go with the 30 seconds. But in the nine mind, my first thought was, see, he doesn't really want to listen to me. It doesn't matter. And so I'm going down that spiral. That was you know, how my nine um, operates. That I would normally be unaware of. 
Oh, totally. There, there is a relational dynamic that's happening. It's because you don't experience that the world. That I'm away. not even aware of, but mm-hmm. it, she is having a physiological reaction to. Yeah. And ordinarily, we would spin out. Yeah. I would shut down. I would yes. stop talking because it's like, well, why assert myself? Why say anything? And, and then I would start pursuing, trying to fix, trying to correct. Because is that what a six does? Are they, mm-hmm. you know, because I know six have, someone said they have uh, pre-traumatic stress syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and that I, is a I, fantastic I, word for it. I, I loved it. And we had a six in our small group and she was schooling us on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's right. A worst case scenario thinking. So if there's any kind of disconnect, my inclination is to pursue Whereas Beth tends to withdraw. So now we're in the cat and mouse. I don't want tension. She doesn't want the tension. And so I'm trying to gain security by reestablishing, repairing connection. But it feels overwhelming to me. Feels overwhelming so to I Beth. I disconnect even more, so which I feels feel like worse. abandonment to him. Yes. Mm. Are you going to leave me? Any argument is the first argument headed to divorce. So you can see how this dance starts to go and starts to spiral. So while he's crushing the ice, my first thought happens of, see, I shouldn't be talking. He doesn't really care. But that's when the Holy Spirit came in. And that's where the rumble strip happened, where mm. I was like, wait a second. We've been married almost 24 years. And he's told me time and time again, no, I am listening. And when he says, I'm listening, he'll like repeat what I said. I'm like, oh, I guess you are listening. Okay. Mm. And so while he was still crushing ice and I'm still kind of like hurt, I'm thinking, okay. He loves me. We're best friends. He's just getting ice. It doesn't have to spiral out of control. And I can talk about it with him when he comes back. So he came back and I'm laughing and I'm like, I got to tell you what just happened in the last 30 seconds. And, you know, I told him, I go, hey, this is what happened. And I would really appreciate it that if you want to get ice water, that you simply say, hey, hold on. I want to get some crushed ice real quick, but I want to hear what you have to say. That would have been a game changer for me. Mm. So it's not that he has to not crush ice. That wasn't it. It was all he had to do is say, your presence matters, your voice matters, to some degree, Mm. to show it to me. And I would have been happy to wait patiently. Mm. But since then, Uh as another act of compassion and kindness on my part, yes, because I'm I'm that good of a husband. Oh, yes. Let's hear this. (laughs) I'm I'm excited. We got a countertop ice maker, so I no longer have to crush ice. (laughs) Yes, that's true. And they're so, kind of like the sonic pellets. But I, I mean, under I mean, it, Ooh, it is kind of funny right that we've gone that far. But it 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 did remedy a pattern for us, right. an unhealthy pattern that for you to recognize. I really am committed to listening to right. you, because you bring to our relationship this a, a, a lie that your presence doesn't matter, right. and your presence does matter. So whenever that that voice pops in, to the best of my ability, I will try to bring it under you know, the leadership of Christ and just be like, okay, this is a rumble strip. This, I need to be aware that mm. this is the way I think mm. and I need to be open and talk about it. So it's not hidden in the dark mm. and it spirals out of control and then we're able to move forward. And I think the the great thing about the Enneagram and there's kind of four things that we hear from people as we talk to them about their dances. Mm. Uh, number one is I didn't understand my spouse. I, now I have clarity. I get it now. Two, it's compassion. I'm so sorry that that's what you're feeling, that that's what's happening in your world. Yeah. Number three, I understand our dance. I understand the dynamics and here where we get caught up. And number four, the Enneagram gives us a great language to be able to talk about it. So mm-hmm. it's no longer Beth and I working our stuff out 
against one another, in spite right. of one another. It's, oh, I can see that you're really struggling. Do you feel that your voice doesn't matter or that I haven't listened to you? And she can say, yeah, and I can correct course immediately rather than it becoming a, a personal, whole day-long fight. Yeah. So the thing I loved about the Enneagram, I love lots of personality tests, but the thing I loved about it, it's, it does talk about strengths, but it also talks about weaknesses. Yeah. And I'm not sure most personality types do that as much. Right. It's funny, though. I have seen people, they, you know, I think we're all more drawn to or impacted by what we think is the negative side of us. Yes. Like, we're in a small group. Literally every number was represented, and everybody would cringe right before they would give their number. Yeah. Oh, and our people would say, I want to be a seven because yeah. they are fun, yes. happy-go-lucky. But I've watched that part of the Enneagram where people can focus on the negative, which I think is healthy, just yeah. to kind of go, well, this is where they struggle, well, and this and is where they need compassion. And that's where you absolutely, in my opinion, have to have the gospel because mm. the Enneagram is a non-judgmental friend. It is going to tell you like it is, mm-hmm. bluntly and straightforward. And if you read it and you read about yourself, you're going to see some things that are really hard to swallow. Mm. But... If you're able to recognize that Christ has already taken care of everything, He has removed every stain, every blemish, and has given you His righteousness, put it on you, then you can see these trouble spots and not be overcome with self-condemnation, fear, and shame. You can now be free. I mean, you have to own it, right? And ask for forgiveness and ask forgiveness with your spouse and ask for help. But you're able to do that because you're already free. You're already His beloved. So give me an example of... The great part of nine, the challenging part of nine, the great part of six, the challenging part of six. Yeah. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. What do you mean? Telling you how great you are? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. I yes, would love to do that. Let's go good. there. Like, so you, yeah. here, here's something interesting. There's a book out there called Self Within Marriage. And one of its uh, contentions is, is that we marry people who will bring out something good that we desire for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So there's something about Beth's peacefulness, steadiness, and sincerity that is very safe. Because the nine's called a peacemaker. Is that right? Is that one of the words? That's right. Peacemaker. We call it uh, the peaceful mediator. Okay. And so Beth attunes to me in a way that brings peace and rest Mm -hmm. to my heart. I, I appreciate her strength, her resolve, her quiet perseverance, mm-hmm. uh, her attention that she gives to me and that she gives to our children and to our home. She's super supportive. And I want to be better at that because I'm not naturally at rest, at peace, but rather I've got this chiming in committee in my head that's like a flywheel that I can't get to calm down. Mm-hmm. But when I'm with Beth, there's the opportunity there to calm it down. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And so for Jeff, like the strengths that he brings is this absolute commitment and loyalty, hard work, and and being able to see what I miss. Like, like even today at the Orange Conference when I spoke, he had said, hey, make sure you put the fonts on the thumb drive. And did I? No, I forgot. And did I need them? Yes, I did. You know, Just for him to be able to see things ahead of time that I might miss um, is really beneficial. But also, you know, and we talk about our marriage being like two people driving. So he is on the highway going 100 and I'm on the service road going 30 miles an hour. And though I don't necessarily want to go 100 miles an hour... <laughs> 
Um, I do enjoy the fact that he speeds me up, he gets me going, and I don't just stay in kind of this numb, slothful state. So it's really been a beautiful thing to have, like, for us to team up together and to see each other's strengths and then complement each other, like bring the into each, you know, each of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because I think about you guys, and I think about Beth, the ministry that you have of focusing on the Enneagram, and for somebody that's a nine that says, well, people care what I have to say, yeah. am I important? Am I guessing that Jeff was able to pull that out of you to secure you? Yeah, that not only... Yes, yes. But I think we would both say Jeff's voice is not enough. And Mm. it's not because of Jeff. It's because he's a human. Mm. And my loud personality thought processes will derail me much quicker. They're much louder, much stronger than Jeff could ever speak into my life. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to use the gospel. I it have is to an rely important on Christ. Point because it, I, I know at times there were situations where Beth has played the pastor wife role mm-hmm. and stayed quiet and stayed behind me. And this was the first season where we were mutually committed to this being a platform where you would show up and and you're gifting in a way that you've not done before. Mm-hmm. But there were times that you wanted to sabotage that. Yeah, and I would stop, have to say quit. to her, like, no, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. But that was not enough, no matter how much affirmation I gave her. Mm-hmm. She had to fundamentally believe that God gifted her to make an imprint on this world, and she had to believe it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm simply there acknowledging and affirming what God is already doing in her life. Yeah. And that's, I think, a really big thing for the listeners to recognize that when you use it with each other in marriage, your spouse cannot come through for you in the way that you long for, but Christ did. And that's what we point out in our book that's coming out. That's what we're pointing out in the um, course that we're doing for marriages is everything has to hinge on Christ. If you don't, you will be back in that ditch again or in the, the spiral of the bad dance. Or you can have a beautiful dance where I'm relying on Christ, he's relying on Christ, and we're dancing beautifully together. I love that because so many times couples, you know, spouses have Christ-sized expectation of their spouse. Yeah, yes. Right. It's just... Well, we so, all do, really, if we're honest. <laughs> totally. We right. go into this thing, you know, what, you know, that classic movie Jerry Maguire where it says you complete me yeah. and so I feel like there's been this culture um, because of that movie but because of a lot of things where people think you have this counselor told me one time he said you think Nancy has something that's going to complete you she just won't give it to you mm. mm-hmm. and he says you wouldn't even know what that is yeah. Even if you were to say, hey, she's got it, if you can name it, I couldn't name what it is and he goes, you're trying to get her to feel yeah. a God size, yes. God shaped hole in you. And I watch spouses do that. And they think that if you would just give me that thing that I can't yeah. even describe. Yeah. So w- what I hear you guys saying, and I can see the passion and people can't see you right now, but I can see the passion with both of you guys. You need our listeners to know that, hey, Enneagram's great, helping couples di- dynamics with each other. But the thing we got to know the most is Christ has got to gotta be first. And this is a tool between the two yeah, of us. Yeah, you have to do your own work. If you do not do your own inner work, mm-hmm. this won't Amen. work. Amen. The best thing that I can offer to Beth is a profoundly deep relationship with Christ for myself. There you go. Yeah. And because, I mean, we know this, we see this throughout scriptures, that out of the overflow of the heart speaks. And so if my heart is in alignment with the truth of the gospel, the fruit of the Spirit show up, love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. But when it's not, whenever I'm at my unhealthy places and not attended to my heart, you've got 
envy, we've got anger, frustration, disappointment. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we'll try to satisfy those longings at one another's expense, and we're both diminished in the process. And it brings so much freedom, too, because if I'm not trying to have Jeff satisfy my core longings and I can go get those met by Christ because they're already there. Like, that's the thing. It's kind of like here we're in this room doing this podcast. If, if we were like, oh, man, if we could just be in the room with the podcast, that'd be awesome. My life would be fulfilled. And people are like, you're there. I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's what we are as believers. We're already where we long to be. We just have to trust it and keep bringing it into our thought processes in our heart every single day, actually every minute. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> sure. we, just, we just get derailed all the time. And it's not that we, when we get activated, so like if Jeff, like for instance, the, the crushing of the ice, the fact that the thought process, my presence matter doesn't matter, came into my mind was not wrong or sinful. It's how I'm hardwired. What I do with that is what matters. Mm. So if I were to have spun out of control and yelled and pointed the finger at him and, you know, just done all those kinds of things. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. But can I bring, like, renew my mind and bring my thoughts into alignment with the gospel? That's what's going to actually, you know, totally transform the relationship. And it's very important that we actually recognize that and do our own work versus forcing them. And actually what I've noticed is Jeff usually is the one that does the work first. So, like, he was the first one in our relationship to apologize, like, right away. And then I was a little slower. Nines can be stubborn. And so then I would start like seeing him and I would maybe apologize like 24 hours later. And we were like, yay, look at Beth. <laughs> and then, it, then like over a couple of years, it was like within like 12 hours. And it was like, oh my gosh, look, that's amazing. Growth. Um, yeah, growth. Mm -hmm. But he usually has taken the first step. And But what I've noticed is I follow suit. I see Christ in him and then I'm able to just move forward with that. And it's just really endearing and exciting to do it together, you know, and watch each other grow. Um, yeah. Yeah. What have you learned about him being a six? Mm -hmm. That's kind of his language. Like when I go, I'm six really need this. Yeah. Well, sixes really need safety and security. Different sixes, there, you know, there's not all sixes are exact same. So my mom is a six and she wants more physical security, you know, whether it's food, money, health. Jeff's not that. Jeff is more relational security. So when we are in, let's say, an argument or a disagreement of some kind, when I withdraw, whether it is I'm physically here but I'm shutting down, or I literally withdraw, that is only saying to him abandonment. Mm. You're is, not secure right now. Yeah. Our relationship's not secure. I mean, it's, it's like the worst right. thing I could do for him. Now, I'm mm. not thinking that. I'm not intending to do that. It's how my natural personality reacts. Mm. But if I can catch it, and, and there's times where I can feel my body starting to like disassociate and check out, mm. I can tell him, hey, I want to be in this conversation with you, or this is important, or maybe I'm overwhelmed and I don't want to be in the conversation. I can say, hey, I know this is important but I need some time to like settle down or think or process like this is too much. Can you give me 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and then we'll come back to the conversation. That's so much more helpful to me because then I'm not feeling such tension inside, mm. but then it communicates to him, I know safety and security in our relationships important to you. So I'm, I'm all in. I just need, I need a minute. I need a minute. I that's need right. A minute. And so that's, that's where this is so important because I wouldn't interpret 
him walking away and needing a break the same way he does. And so now communicating his language. So basically it's like, okay, so if he's wearing uh, orange sunglasses on, how can I take my purple ones off for a second and put his on and go, hey, I see how you see the world. Let me meet you halfway there or or more than that. But that really helps. And the work for me is to believe it, that after 15 minutes, after 30 minutes, that she's going to re-engage. And even if she doesn't re-engage, I am still secure in my relationship with Christ. That although the thoughts of, we're not going to resolve this argument, it's going to go on for weeks on end, we're not going to be connected with one another, all of the different worst case scenarios, Mm -hmm. I have to trust that I'm okay with Christ, whether or not she responds, and that I can trust my spouse to re-engage with me. Yeah. So, and what it ends up creating is a very hospitable dance between us versus the game of Twister that uh, if I started pursuing you and demanding that you wake up and attune to me in the moment. Right. Mm, that's really good. Okay. So I'm going to be selfish for a minute yeah. since I've got the pros sitting here in front yeah. of me. Okay. So I'm at three. Yeah. My uh, wife's a one. Are, are you sure you want to go there? Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's go. I'm ready. I'm, bol- I'm bolted in. I'm buckled in. Let's, let's, you can't let's run. Go. I'm not, not going to run. Yes. Uh, are we in trouble? Is this like the, no, no. like the uh-oh, the deadly combination no, is three and one? No, no. That's not, there's, as we tell couples, mm-hmm. there's no two worst couples. Mm-hmm. They're really... They're all equally as bad. They are equal opportunity, unhealthy and healthy. Yes. The best couple types well, are the ones that, that are healthy. we get that question a lot. So I think that's actually good to like just reiterate is that people say, well, which, which type should I look for for my type? You know, is there a, like, no, the Lord will bring who he wants to bring. It's, are you doing your own work and aligning your heart with the truth of the gospel? And are they? That's where it's going to matter. Yes, that's right. So, okay, three and so one. So three and one. Okay, so we, again, call it the dance. What happens is under the surface is the heart condition. What people see, so above the surface, is your outward manifestation, the behaviors that you do. Then when you, so you let's say you, your heart gets activated in some way as a type 3, and then you sh- demonstrate something outwardly, your wife as a 1 will then interpret your outward manifestations in her heart, and then she will then express outwardly what she interpreted and around and around that dance will go. So for the three, if, if let's say your wife points out some mistakes, I don't know if she's ever done that, right? Never. Never. First five years, not now. <laughs> yeah. Never. No, but if, if she sees like, and it doesn't even have to be like directed at you. It yep. could even be like, this is wrong. This needs to be fixed. We need to let the paintings off, whatever it could be, right? The lawn isn't mowed perfectly, whatever. Ones, they have an inner critic that the inner critic is berating them constantly with imperfections. It leaps out at them. It assaults them. So it's not like they're trying to go around looking for them. It just assaults them. Mm. So all of a sudden, she's been assaulted. She's pointed out some things. And as a three, the three is feeling, I'm unsuccessful. I'm inadequate. I'm not a good spouse. I've done something wrong. Um, She thinks I'm worthless. Mm. That's your heart condition. What comes out of that will be usually for the three is maybe some defensiveness or showing, no, wait, I've done really good here. I've done so showing where they've done really well, which will irritate the type one because the Did, one's can like. Can you stop the voodoo already? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, mean, it's I, just, creepy, I need right? a minute. I need to reconnect with Jesus <laughs> because right now you're up in my voodoo. I'm like, what? Awesome. No, people, she does not have crystal ball. I mean, like, seriously, you feel mm-hmm. like you said you were bolted in, but I don't think you're bolted in. I'm bolting back. But, so what happens is then, so then you are trying to show how you have worth and value and how you've done all these things. And then that will irritate her because she clearly sees the imperfections because they're assaulting her, which she will then double down to make you see them, which will only make you feel more inadequate and devalued. And around and around this dance will go. And one of the interesting things about it is that there was something about her oneness that was very attractive to you in the beginning. Oh, and still. And, and, and that's right. Mm-hmm. And so there was something about her that was going to help you to become your best self. But in marriage, all of a sudden you start to realize you got the both and. Like, oh, wait a minute. This gift is also a little bit of a burden. It's a burden for her as a one, because she doesn't want to see all the imperfections of the world. Just like all of us, we long for heaven where everything will be made new, but it's not yet. Mm. And so sometimes it's going to mean that you get to compassionately move towards her, despite the fact that she's going to keep telling you that you've done something wrong. And and that's going to take faith on your part. So I'm okay with Jesus to be able to move towards and admit to what's happening. Would you like me to flip it to the healthy dance? (laughs) Flip it. it. Okay. (laughs) So let's say that the scenario still plays out. Like she has the inner critic and she's pointing out stuff and you, it it lands on you the same way. So you're activated. I'm feeling worthless. Kind of like the ice story we were telling you Mm. feeling worthless. I'm incompetent. She doesn't see my value. And then you feel the urge to tell her how you have value and all that you've done, but you stop because you have the rumble strip. Like, wait, these are the thought, the common thought patterns I have as a three, but I don't have to prove my worth because Christ has proved my worth in what he's accomplished for me. So all of Christ's accomplishments are now yours. Everything you've ever wanted to achieve or you thought you needed to achieve, he's already done and put in you. So that doesn't mean you don't do anything in life, but as a three, the thing that you think you have to keep striving for is already yours. And so if that's true, then your heart's at rest because it's like, I don't have to point out that I'm worthwhile. I don't have to point out all my accomplishments to her. I can simply be at rest because I know I'm okay. And now I can move towards her and ask her, hey, I see that you're pointing out a lot of things. Is your inner critic assaulting you? Do you feel that there's, you know, something like really wrong? And then what she's longing to hear is that she is good. And she'll point out how she's not good because the inner critic's doing a good job. But you can say, hey, I see the good in you. And here's where you're really doing such a great job. But beyond that, Christ is good on your behalf. So even if this doesn't land on you, what I'm saying, that should land on you well. You know, so you're you're trying to point her back to the gospel. And so when your heart is at rest, when you bring your heart back at rest, you can move towards her being curious as to why are you struggling? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then she will feel that that sense of, oh my gosh, he's looking at me. Like he really sees my sorrow and this inner critic and he's for me. Her heart will become at rest and then she'll be able to see and affirm you back and then the dance will go around and around. I love this because when we first got married, of course, we didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah. Right. We didn't know any of this stuff. And so you've got that's her one. It's everything perfect. Yeah. 
my three, I want everything perfect. Yeah. It's got to look look a certain way, feel a certain way. It's, it can't just be okay. It's got to be excellent. Right. Yep. You know, I used to think it was a four. No, I don't care about unique. Uh, it's got to be great. As long as it's great, it doesn't have to be unique. Yes. And so we're kind of in, we're kind of in that mm-hmm. mode. So a, an example would be we're outside. We've been married a couple of years at this point. We're outside. I'm the yard guy. Like yes. She lets me be the yard guy. The woman hates outdoors. She runs to the mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she wants that whole outdoor thing to be over. So um, we're outside. I'm mowing. I see her. She's got the she's got the weed eater. And I'm thinking, oh, she doesn't have to weed eat that part because I'll I'll save her the trip. So I wave over. Oh, you don't have to do you don't have to do that part. She hears, mm-hmm. hey, you're doing that wrong. Right. And she throws the weed eater down and she walks off. Yes. Defensive me. Goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I wasn't saying that. I was just trying to help you with this. You don't right. even think I could do the yard? I mean, if you thought I could do the yard, you just listen to my directions. Yes. Yeah, blah, blah. Yes. And it turned into this big old thing. But what you're describing is where the dance, we, you yeah. know, married people language, we call it uh, the chase. Yeah. They're yes. in this negative and positive chase. So we get in this negative chase with each other. But we have learned through our own work. Because when I hear what you say, hey, only Jesus can do this part of you. When somebody says to me, if you could flip a switch and you could have people do individual counseling Mm -hmm. or counseling together as a couple, it's a really quick answer for me to say individual counseling. Yeah. Like you go get healthy you and you're going to, that's going to be the best thing in the world for your spouse. And I hear you guys saying that over and over. So for us, we've both done a lot of counseling apart. Yes. We did a couple times together and we're Mm -hmm. like, ah, this, okay, great, whatever. (laughs) Uh, But when we're apart and so she's been extra stress lately, Yeah. extra stress, work, family the whole bit and i'm seeing that prof- and she just keeps going and going and going and going and going just this phonetic yes she's going a million miles an hour yep. she, and i would say hey babe like you got to cut yourself a break she couldn't she sits down with a counselor for mm-hmm. one time she says to her the same thing i've been saying to her yes. and all of a sudden she feels the way i've been wanting her to feel but the great thing about that is old ted goes why wouldn't you just listen to me yeah sure. am i not good enough yeah finally going I love you so much. I just want the relief for you. Yeah. That's right. Right. Yeah. I just want, I see relief in you. If anybody deserves relief, it is you. Yeah. And we're both highly sensitive people. Mm-hmm. So we have learned, we, we, our joke is if we were married to normal people, we would dissolve mm. because we could say a little bitty thing and the other one's like, I can't believe you said that. Or about yes. this. Sure. So we sure. Have, uh, our very strong personalities. I think we have learned that gentleness. Yeah. Just gentleness and just pausing before we talk. I mean, for her, if my body language says I'm frustrated or it yeah. says I'm exasperated, I might as well say I'm frustrated and exasperated with you. Yes. So yeah. we've had to learn to be really gentle. Yeah. Well, the way Paul other. describes it in Romans is a kindness. It's God's kindness mm. that leads us to repentance. Mm. So marriage researchers have said that the, the harsh startup, uh, criticism, contempt, stonewalling, withdrawing, mm. These things are not going to help us, but kindly moving towards one another, mm-hmm. that in that scenario, then whenever she throws down uh, the weed eater to simply ask, what did you hear me say? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like there's a whole nother conversation that's happened in your mind that didn't come from my heart. Right. And then you're able, now you're in new territory as a couple to really redeem and heal some wounds mm. that um, that really make you as a couple become the trophy of grace that you really are. Well, and I mm. think like even if you take that um, mowing incident, as you guys start to put each other's glasses on, right, the lenses, even before you were to even say, hey, I've got that or don't do that or whatever, 
you if you put on the lens like, okay, I'm about ready to communicate with her about something, how could she interpret this? And you know the dance well enough that now you're like, okay, now that I know she's a type one, she's already got a loud inner critic. Anything I say could be interpreted through that lens of an inner critic. How can I detour or navigate around that? Well, you're not going to be perfect. And that's what we've said before. Like, right. She has to go to Christ, but as a spouse, how can you do your best Mm. to support her? You could have said, Hey, thank you so much. That is so amazing that you're out here doing that. I just want to free you up that you don't have to do that because I'm going to actually do it in a way that just will get it done really quick. But I so appreciate you coming Mm. out. She would have interpreted it totally different. Now, your heart wasn't intending at all to frustrate or hurt her, but just clarifying your language and understanding what would land on her best from her personality type mm. would change everything. That's it, amazing. Oh, I love that so much. Okay, so you get I could stay here with you guys all day. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> We're gonna well, bring we would love to couples. stay here all day. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to bring you 12 more couples. And Great. You guys are going to talk to them. I just want to thank you guys for doing what you do mm. because I just think it's such an important work. I think it's such a timely work. I think why this could be really important is, you know, we work with a lot of church leaders. Yeah. And millennials are walking away from the church. Mm. Um, yep. And I feel like they need a bridge back in. Yeah. They need authenticity. And this is as real as it gets. It really is. And, you know, Pew Research said that millennials' top two goals was one, to be a great parent, and two, to have a great marriage, despite yeah. what culture has said. Yeah. So I've thought, man, if we can help couples get this, yeah. if we could help uh, millennials to understand that the church is for you, God is really for yeah. you. Even this podcast, we want millennials here over and over. We are for you. And this does, it gets so authentic and it gets so specific and it doesn't put anybody in a box that doesn't fit them. Right. It just helps them to understand. So thank you guys so much for mm-hmm. doing that. And I'm so excited about resources that you guys are creating. Yeah. You know, this podcast, everybody listening knows there's no, there's no kickback for us whatsoever. So when we have somebody on, we're like, you got to listen to this. And yeah. we can say with perfect clarity to go, wait, and honesty, this is great stuff. So tell me a little bit about the resources that you guys have yeah. available. Well, this year is going to be a super big year for yeah. Beth and I because it really is work that began in 2005 coming to fruition now where Team Accord is offering mm-hmm. what they offer best. Yeah. And so we've written a book called Becoming Us. Uh, using the Enneagram to create a thriving gospel-centered marriage. And really, that's the foundation to a variety of other resources. And number one is uh, we're going to be releasing a new marriage assessment in June to help couples get an introduction to their dance and what they think about their dance, whether or not they're doing well. And that's going to be free. Mm -hmm. We're also going to be doing date night events uh, throughout the United States beginning in June. And so those are going to be fantastic opportunities where we're going to introduce the idea of the dance and how this changes uh, different topics and themes that are in marriage. And then uh, the next is uh, something that we're pretty excited about, and I'll let Beth describe it because she's doing a lot of the work. Yeah, so we have to, are, are, because we're still in the middle of it, developing 45 marriage courses. Holy moly. And the reason why there's 45 is because there's 45 couple types. So if you combine all the nine types together, there's 45. So 
that means that there is a course specifically for you and your spouse, whoever you are out there listening. And we are going to, like I just did with you today on the podcast, we are going to specifically talk about your dance and get into your kitchen. <laughs> and and you're going to like have to be bolted down just like Done. Ted. But it's going to be really powerful because not only will we show you the negative parts of your dance, but also the redeeming factors of Christ and what he brings to the dance. And so that will be coming out in June. We also have a free assessment if you don't know your type and you're like, I'm just learning about this for the first time. Your EnneagramCoach.com upper right-hand corner is where you can do a free assessment. And then we also have Discovering You is our Cliff Notes version of the Enneagram. So those that are like new to the Enneagram or, or kind of new, that is a two-hour course that's going to really take you through the Enneagram. And then if you know your type, like Ted, you know your type, you could do Exploring You. And that's where I do pre-recorded coaching sessions where I break down your personality type into bite-sized lessons. So you can really learn, but transform. It's all pointing you towards the transformation of Christ, not just to show you <laughs> all the problem spots that you have. It's it's really to lift you up while seeing the not so great spots <laughs> as I well. I love it. Well, we're going to put all this in our show notes. So listeners, don't panic. We are going to make sure that you guys hear about this. We'll also too on our, we will do some social media post stuff as well. So kind of be on the lookout. Yeah. Uh, li- There's actually one more out. thing sure. that we haven't mentioned. Um, actually, the, we'll have nine more books <laughs> coming out in December, and there are one on each of the types. And this will be really great for couples as well because you can get your type three book and she can get her type one book. And it's kind of like that Exploring You course where we, we break down your personality. And there's 21 days of kind of journaling and learning, and that could be something you guys could do um, together as well, and that's in December. I love that. So we normally will close out our show by saying, what's one simple thing? The podcast, we want to help make marriage real fun and simple. And so we always want to leave couples with one simple thing. So maybe the one simple thing is picking one of those things. Or do you guys have a one simple thing that you would suggest? I mean, I would honestly say get your marriage course, the Becoming Us marriage course. It will really totally give you new language, new understanding, new insight to yourself, but your spouse as well. It is going to be fantastic. Beth and Jeff, thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you for having us. Well, thank us. you for having us. This, this was fantastic. I'm going to predict something right now. I predict this is going to go very, very well for you guys. I predict people are going to love these events. I know they're going to love the courses. It's going to be great, and I'm so excited. I know that for Beth and I, we can't imagine a better scenario than couples and their marriages changing. And thriving. And that I know that for me, where uh, my parents were not believers, and the trajectory of the generations to come have changed because of the truth of the gospel. And to be a part of God's work by using this simple personality tool to change generations of family life, uh, that, that makes us exciting. Yeah. It's a home run. We're yeah. excited too. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by the Married People Membership. The Married People Membership is an affordable monthly subscription that gives married couples like you a ton of great resources every month. That's like date nights, videos, eBooks, messages, and more all to help you make your marriage better. We are so excited about this resource and you can buy it for yourself or give it away as an anniversary gift to your spouse or another couple whose marriage you want to pour into. And if you want to learn more, then all you need to do is visit marriedpeople.org. That's it for us this week. Until next time, I'm CJ and thanks for listening.